Hi, I'm Liz, and I'm currently debating what to get for dinner. Should I get Thai or should I make pasta? Hmm, I'll decide in the Uber. Anyway, you're watching the, or you're not watching, you're listening to the Bonafide Hour. <laughs> oh gosh, that was yeah, chaotic. Yeah, I love that. Six o'clock on the dot. Hope you're cuddled up or warm at home in the loving embrace of Brisbane winter. And we'll be here just discussing um, what it's like to be a third culture kid, all those like feelings about it, trepidations, um, perspectives about it. And I'm joined with my friend Liz. Um, she has a lot of interesting perspectives. I'll just like briefly introduce her as well. So she's like, currently a law student she's um kind of like american as well lived in new york and then came back to australia to study law but uh, has family in papua new guinea so like is between the two places and very knowledgeable very esoteric i guess you could say but not too esoteric because i would just be annoying so then <laughs> but she's herself she's got a great personality and yeah i think um she can just let you guys know how we know each other Sure. Yeah. So Bonna and I met in college in my third year. I think it was like your first year, or your second year. And we went to ball together. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was we, fun. That was easy fun. And we yeah. were definitely the best dressed. Yeah. Why was it like, did you? Did we get partnered up randomly or was I like... think I had seen you and I was like, he's so cool. I oh, want him to be my date. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I think I just asked you. Yeah. <gasps> you know where I asked you? Wow. IH boat cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, came I up remember. To you and yeah, I was like, that was so funny. I want to go to ball with you. And you're yeah, like, right. okay. <laughs> and we looked amazing. I was showing my friend a photo of us today. Yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest oh photo God, ever. Yeah, it was so we funny. I always tell people like, about matched. it. We mm. looked so sick. And you're like, your caption, you're like, Barack and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still love it. That. That's so funny. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's how we met. Mm. So years ago now. Uh, yeah, that was like 2018, 2018. right? Yeah. So crazy. So long so, ago. So cool though. But I mean, reconnected now, <laughs> vibing. Doing a podcast. Yeah, I know. Doing a podcast. <laughs> it's about, yeah, being a third culture kid. And um, I guess we can just discuss um, like what uh, like other cultures are, I guess, or what they are, maybe. In For me? Yeah. Like oh, could, okay. Sure. Yeah, so um, I was born in PNG. Yeah. Um, my whole family is from PNG, lived there until I was four. And then I moved to the States when I was four, lived there up until I was about 18. Mm. Then I moved to PNG for a little bit, like less than six months. And then I moved here for uni. So I've been living here now for almost over five years, which is a really long time when you think about it. Yeah, um, it was quite a long time. Yeah, so I'm almost 24 now and I've spent like a majority of my life away from what, where my passport says I'm from, mm. which is a bit interesting. How, did, how does that feel? It's so weird being a TCK. Should we define what a TCK is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you can best describe okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So basically a TCK stands for a third culture kid. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially someone who grows up 
or who spends a significant part of their childhood in a culture that isn't the culture of their family. Okay. And they're surrounded by a whole host of other cultures. Yeah. So they're kind of like weirdly immersed in a lot of cultures at once. Yeah. So you kind of take on a lot of attributes from each culture that you're surrounded by. Mm. Um, and I guess the best way I could describe being a TCK is kind of this feeling that you're from everywhere but nowhere at the same time. Yeah, you I kind like of that. don't have any ownership of where you're from or where you've grown up or who you kind of are. Like you're this weird amalgamation of all these different places and people and things. Mm. Which is essentially what I think being a TCK is. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, like, really cool in a way as well because you can have access to, like, all these different experiences and, For like, sure. knowledge about different cultures yeah. that, like, you wouldn't otherwise get. Um, it definitely it has its troubles, but, like, it's still so fun, like, otherwise. It I think, is. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, I think it's mm. so sick and it's definitely made me who I am. Yeah, for but sure. But it's also kind of hard because... When someone asks me, like, oh, where are you from? Yeah, right. It's like, it's not just one simple answer. It's <laughs> mm. like, oh, do you want my whole life story? Because I could tell you the whole thing yeah. in, like, five minutes. It's funny as well. Sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, like, I'm from towns or, like, grew up in towns yeah. or whatever. And they just, like, don't expect it. They're like... And then they're like, oh, no, but, like, where's your, like, family from? And uh, I'm like, um, Townsville, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, no, but where were you born? Yeah. Or they'd be like, but where were your parents born? And I'm like, fuck. That's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit how it feels. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just having to go into the whole conversation of it, which is not a bad thing, but... It's not something to easily gloss over. Yeah. Like, I feel like when I meet someone for the first time, they definitely notice my accent. Mm. And then they're like, oh, where distinct. are you from? Yeah. It's very distinct. And then I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Which is fine. But when you get that consistently. It does get annoying. It kind of does get annoying. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I feel like it's just as well, like, very, I don't know, Australians just like low key, just like obsessed with like american culture yeah but like no one wants to admit that they are but like we consume so much like american like media for sure so like you know it'd be difficult to like not be like have an interest in like some facet of it yeah um and i think so many australians will like tend to think that like they're above american culture in a way but like you know we listen to all their music like we eat like a lot of their like fast food restaurants yeah. and like you know we like so many people like want to like imitate American things, but yeah. they want to stay Australian. <laughs> so weird. I definitely notice that when people like when we compare high school experiences, like people will always say like, "Oh, like I saw this on TV. Is it like that?" And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of like that, but it's also kind of not." Mm. But I also can't. I can only speak from my experience. So what I say to someone, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because my experience will be so different from yeah. someone else who's grown up in America. Mm. So you, you have to kind of be, it's like, it's like weirdly letting people know that my experience isn't everyone's experience. Yeah, of course. But then we're always comparing. Mm. And it is such like a big place. Like it is, People tend to homogenize it. I feel like all the states are just like their own countries, honestly. So different. And they're all like so different. Like you couldn't even compare like Florida to like New York. No way. Alone, like California to fucking like Washington. They're exactly. so different. It's so crazy. different. But yeah, it was, I feel like, states in Australia are fairly similar. Mm. I think it's more so just, like, the cities that, like, tend to be a little bit different. Yeah. From each other. Cities but. versus, like, the country, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Would be, or more rural areas. Mm, definitely. Would be very different. For sure. 
But yeah, I guess we can like get into the chat now as well. <laughs> sure. So now that we've like discussed, defined obviously like what mm. a third culture kid is, um, how do you say that like this has kind of impacted you um, as like an adult versus being mm. a child? Definitely as an adult, it's given me a lot of perspective. So as a kid, definitely something that I wasn't aware of. And I think when you're a kid, you don't really think about you don't really think about your identity yeah. in the way that we do now as adults. So when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, this is normal. This is you just kind of go through life like just my friends were my friends. We all kind of because I went there when I was so young. Yeah, I didn't know any different when like when I moved to America. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was only four yeah, and true. I did all my schooling in America. So oh, that was true. literally what I was surrounded by. Yeah. 10 hours of the day was a very Americanized mm. world, I guess, that I lived in. Whereas with, and then with my parents, of course, they were very, like, I still knew I was from PNG, and my parents definitely made sure that that was something that we were aware of. Yes, of and course. we definitely kept our culture alive, and we had a lot of family friends who were from PNG, so, like, that was, like, our PNG. Mm. Like, in America. In America, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That, like, who were, like, our really close family friends, right. who were essentially our family. Oh, that's so, so we all kept, that was how we kept the culture alive. Mm. But then so much of my days were filled with, American culture mm. and American people. So I think definitely I, I did feel strongly American. American culture is in like white American culture or like black American culture or like Hispanic American culture? Probably more Caucasian mm-hmm. American. Like the town that I grew up in and a majority of my friends were Jewish. Okay. So it was very like Jewish and Catholic. So it was very much so more than the town that I grew up in was predominantly white. Yeah. So it was very much a very specific sect, I guess, of, yeah, true. of American culture. Mm, that is very specific. I feel like Jewish Americans have really, like, influenced, like, American culture a lot. And, like, there's so much, like, lingo as well. Um, and, like, speech patterns in, like, New York or whatever. Mm, yeah, that New are, like, so just, dis- like, different. taken directly from, like, Jews. Okay. Like, Jewish people, I feel like. Mm. Um, and just, like, yeah, they're, like slang and like the like body language and stuff i feel like it's like really noticeable with like one like not with everyone from new Mm. york but like it's pretty like i feel like when you tend to think of new york you like think of like that typical like new york accent but Mm. a lot of that is like taken from like jewish americans i feel like so yeah yeah. well there's definitely a very like unique american accent but i sorry excuse me new york accent but Everywhere you go in New York is so different. Yeah, definitely. So it's like its own little world. It is. In one little space. Mm, it's a very big place. It's strange. Yeah, not really a little space, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying town. You were like, yeah, just a town I grew up in. Well, I did I did grow oh. up like outside of the city. Oh, true. Yeah. I thought you grew up Sorry, in New no, York. no, no. So I grew okay. up like half an hour outside of the city. Oh, wait, like in what state? In New York. Oh, okay. Oh, it's true. Like, this, it's like the state and then you have oh, this, New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you grew up in the city. I was like, No, what? I grew up like half an hour outside. Oh, okay, yeah. true. So that's why okay. my, like, okay, the people I was around. Yeah. So cool. the people that I grew up, grew up with, mm. we all, like, grew up kind of more, I guess it would be more, like, suburby yeah. kind of experience. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I guess that'd be nice, like, idyllic, mm. maybe. Yeah, I loved it. Like, it, yeah, it was definitely peaceful, but it was so close to the city still. Yeah, so oh, you could still good. go to the city all the time. Nice, but it was just a very like a nice place to grow up. Yeah, for sure. That's good. That's yeah, good. 
cool. Um, I think for me, like being a third culture kid, like as a child, mm. um, has definitely like impacted how I like conduct myself as an adult. Definitely. Simply because like mom and dad, I guess like what you were saying before, always wanted to make sure that like we kept our culture alive, like being mm. in Australia, because it's very like odd for Ghanaians to come to Australia. Right. Like, well, like at the time when they were like migrating anyway. Yeah. It was very like, oh, you like you'll move to like the UK or America, mm-hmm. and like those were like the two main places that you would go. Okay. Um, so Australia was very like left of field, very like weird for them to come here. But okay. like in a way, I think that was good for them because then like they didn't have to like adhere to like um, ideas of what. Ghanaian Americans should be like what like British Ghanaians should mm. be because they're already such like established migrant communities there okay whereas like here maybe they were able to like maintain their culture a bit more because they weren't like forced to kind of assimilate into this like new migrant community already right I think so for them in like that regard probably would have been good but then for me as well it was hard because like they're like there's not really like at the time especially not really a big understanding of like African culture, mm. let alone like Ghanaian culture specifically. Mm. So then it was like always weirdly placed, like trying to explain to people, like, no, like we have houses there too. Like we don't <laughs> all live in huts. Like, and people will be like, what you still got, you got asked those questions, but like people just ask them. Yeah. Because like you'll think, like, oh, you know, they're so ignorant, like whatever. But a lot of mm. it is like they just don't know any better. So did and, you like, find not having that migrant culture, migrant community to fall back on, as in, like, were there a lot of other Ghanaian Australian kids where you grew up that you could kind of relate to? No, it was... I could, like, relate to my immediate family as right, well. Right. And I guess, like, another thing is, like, we didn't have any, like, extended family over here anyway. Okay. It's just, like, my immediate family here. Yeah. So we always have to, like, lean on each other so for, was that like, harder, did cultural you think? support. I guess, like, it was a bit hard growing up. But, like, mom and dad are very persistent people. Yeah. So, like, they always made sure to, like you know, cook, like, Ghanaian food at home and, yeah. like, speak Ghanaian. Oh, not Ghanaian, like, tree. Um, uh, like, but they only spoke to each other. They didn't really teach us, which, yeah. like, you know, I'm kind of lamenting the fact that yeah. I didn't get to learn it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I yeah. definitely found that in my family. Like, my fam- parents have always spoken English to us because my parents speak their own mother tongue. Um and I can understand some words in my mom's language, mm. and she still speaks to us, but my dad didn't really speak his language as much. Um, so I think that definitely is another yeah. added thing to it sure. as well, right? Like with you and Tree, mm. when you can't really speak the language, that makes it harder when you go back and visit. Yeah, And exactly. you can't speak the language, and you've got a weird accent. Mm. It's like, it just makes you feel more like an outsider. Yeah, I was listening to this like, podcast the other day um basically it was like this speech pathologist and like she was getting interviewed um about like how she taught her dog to talk or whatever yeah and so like the interviewer lady asked her this was like on the podcast ologies by the way really okay. good um so she asked her like uh what's the difference between like language and speech just like a very basic question and then she was like language is like the um like feelings or like intentions and emotions or meanings behind words and then like speech is like the like physical things like in your mouth that like you actually use to create sounds wow and stuff so it's like i didn't even know what the difference was i thought yeah. they were the same thing so it was interesting like learning that and i feel like so much of like language as well when you can speak 
the language of like your own culture you're like obviously can connect more to that like identity of the culture definitely um but if you like have to like instruct yourself in like um the language of like where you're living but it's not the language of like your culture then like you can feel a bit disconnected at times because you're like on the one hand i'm like from ghana but on the other hand i have to speak english yeah so it's like you never really know how to place yourself i guess for sure and i guess you feel more connected to the language you feel comfortable speaking Mm. which probably adds more to that disconnect and i think when you can't speak your mother tongue or your native language Mm. i think maybe sometimes people who can speak it might look at you as like oh i have to speak english to that person it it kind of isolates you in a way Mm. it makes you feel less like i don't know for when when you go to ghana definitely when i go to png i definitely always feel like an insider outsider yeah yeah definitely like you you are of course accepted and loved because that's your family that you're seeing and of course, they would never not be happy to see you, but you still feel a bit, like, not excluded, but you do feel like an outsider. Mm. It is harder to kind of assimilate into that kind of environment, especially yeah. when you've lived so much of your life away from it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's hard as well because, like, you know, being able to communicate um through language like you can convey certain ideas Mm. and feelings that you couldn't otherwise convey if you weren't speaking that particular language exactly because it's more than just like knowing the words it's like a lot of like the cultural meaning that goes Mm. behind it and there's so many things that like you can say in one language that like just aren't translatable yeah in one language and people like don't get that they're like wait why can't it be translated but it's like there's a certain like like I don't know. There's like nuance to yeah, it. Yeah, nuances that, that you can't, can't just capture, like capture. Just tra- translate automatically. Mm. Definitely. Actually, that's like, yeah, I feel like that's interesting as well, like being a third culture kid. It like, is. Feeling like lost in translation almost. Like you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like even though you're speaking one language, it's like, mm, I want to say like this thing in my other language, but I yeah. feel like it might not come across in the way that I want to. For sure. And I across. feel like there's some cert- there are certain things that you can't, kind of participate in Mm. like when i go to png like a lot of church services and just things in general are conducted in like let's say my mom's language which i love listening to but i don't understand so i have to ask my mom like oh what is that person saying which is hard Mm. not hard i mean my mom always does it because i ask her and i love her and she would always translate (laughs) for me but yeah it, it is hard to just not... Sometimes I do wish I could understand mm. more so that I could... I do know what... So I can, so I can participate in that conversation, mm. which yeah. is another tricky TCK yeah, thing. Definitely. I think, yeah, that participation point is interesting because I also feel like that participation when I'm, like, participating in, like, conversation with mm. people. So, like, for example, like, my grandmother, like, mom's mom doesn't yeah. speak english but she speaks like tree um and it would i always think like it would just be nice to be able to like speak to her directly rather than like to have to ask mom or dad to translate yeah because then like i would be able to like fully participate in the conversation Mm. and then like experience her as her own person Mm. not like have to like experience her through the lens of like mom and dad yeah because obviously like they would interpret like what she's saying in a particular way right with a particular like intonation and like speech patterns so that like i wouldn't really feel like 
I'm speaking directly to my grandma. Right. I'm speaking to my grandma through my mom and dad. Yeah. You know, just like things like that would be nice. You're kind of missing that connection, I mm. guess, of just being able to speak to her directly. Yeah. But you have to speak kind of through someone. Exactly. Like you need an interpreter. Yeah, literally. Right. <laughs> <All the time. laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's kind of sad. <laughs> I know, yeah, sometimes. <sighs> but it is what it is. Exactly. You know, globalization. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is true. Yeah, what do you feel like as well um, might be the worst part of being a third culture kid? I think definitely the worst, quote unquote, worst part is just that feeling of not really belonging anywhere. Mm. Like, as I said before, I the best way to describe it is feeling like you're from everywhere but nowhere at the same time. Yeah, It's like my passport says one thing, my accent says one thing, where I currently live says one thing. Mm. And it's never really feeling like I'm from any one of those places I can really call my own mm-hmm. and not having that sense of ownership over one particular place so for me when someone asks me like where is home for me i will always say it's it's where certain people are yeah so for me i associate home with where my parents are where my sister lives where i currently live and i think in a way that that kind of brings me a lot of comfort because it's like i'm not attaching my sense of security and home with a place but more people which i think makes me a bit more open to change yeah okay and just feeling like i can kind of go anywhere and make it i know that it'll be okay because whoever i meet there Mm. will become my home yeah no that's good i feel like having that like um kind of spiritual home i guess Mm. like not just a a physical place has always also made it easier just to make friends like for me yeah i guess because it's like you know you're not really tied to just like one place and like people you can like go between all these like different like ways of like understanding and being so then you can just like befriend people really easily and like connect with them definitely and i think think it makes you realize how important that is Mm. to be able to make friends and like to be able to just interact with people it's almost like a survival thing but it's also just like being able to cope with not associating things with places yeah it's like you have to meet people and be friends Whatever, whatever kind of relationship that is with someone, just to feel like home, and if mm. that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I find like I mean my best friend is a TCK too, yes. and we have these conversations all the time. Yeah. And I think what I really admire about her, and what I think we've been able to do just as people, is like, is meet people and be able to connect to people and have a lot of friends and Mm. kind of find those relationships really important. Whereas I think, I mean, I can't speak for everyone and I'm sure everyone has different relationships and no matter whether or not you're a TCK, but I think being able to like nurture those relationships and not just have necessarily like disposable friends or just like really finding important friendships and really kind of sticking to them and building on them is like a really important skill I think you learn as a TCK. Yes, of course, yeah. And I think I think that's something that I've really learned as an adult. Mm. It's hard, like, obviously building, like, a friendship, or, like, mm. a relationship, the foundation, but then also, like, making sure that, like, you're able to, like, grow that friendship and, like, yeah. keep the friendship, I guess, because sure. so many friendships just, like, go by the wayside yeah. by people just not, like, 
putting in the effort to see them or yeah. like thinking like oh no it's been so long like will they even want to hang out yeah. or people like second guess themselves a lot and i guess maybe with like being a third culture kid i personally haven't really felt like the need to like second guess myself a lot when it comes to like friends mm. i just know that like if we've already connected then like the connection is like still there and yeah. like can still be like revitalized mm. so you can just like um yeah slowly like make sure that that connection stays mm. um and i always feel as well like friends that have been a really good way of like um being able to locate myself because yeah. obviously you're like between all these like different cultures and stuff and yeah. you don't really know like which one to grapple onto um like friends are like uh i don't know like um foundation i guess yeah. or like an anchor in some Almost way like a grounding yeah like a grounding thing yeah. just because you know because you're so like caught between all these different places like yeah. just having someone that like you can rely on like depend on but not in a romantic way no just like as a Even platonic, platonic way yeah can be so helpful i agree and, like, you know Definitely, and I was going to say something, and I totally just forgot. Oh, I was <laughs> going to so say fun. how, um, like, how your friends definitely influence who you are. Yeah, And true, can also aid true. in that identity kind of crisis mm. where you don't really know kind of where you're from or what to, like, call yourself or whatever. Mm. But having friends definitely helps you. I think a lot of it is just feeling secure. Yeah. Mm. And just having some sort of certainty. And I think friends definitely do bring that. Yeah, element just in any like for any yeah, kind of person. anything and anything yeah. anything 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 yeah not just a tck <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> um and then what do you feel as though is like the best part of being a tck obviously we've like discussed like maybe what's the quote-unquote worst part i guess yeah but yeah definitely the best part would be it's almost like a double-edged sword right i feel like the worst part is also the best part mm. in the sense that like being able, I would never. Oh, I should preface this by saying I would never change my childhood. Oh yeah, for of anything yeah, like no, these identity things, I would never change because mm. they've made me who I am, and I've loved my experience as a child and love my experience now, who I am, and I, mm. it's definitely made me who I am and how I approach the world and how I approach people and how I my perspective on things and like my, I guess openness to change but also my fear of change Mm. like being a tck has influenced who i am and i would never change that but i and i think that's the best part about it is that maybe the best part about it actually is the fact that it's given me so much perspective and just being able to see the world in like two very different extremes in the sense like and i I think you'll relate to this in Mm. terms of like from like ghana and png versus the u.s and australia yeah two very different worlds very different cultures very Mm. different people and like appreciating both yeah and kind of having that open mind to find that appreciation and balance and love for both Mm. even though they're both very different and have their own challenges in their own ways yeah and like taking the good parts and Mm. also like how like highlighting and noticing the bad parts of both of them i don't know even like small things like 
in Ghana, like people will never waste food. Like you finish everything on your plate. Yeah. And, like that's it. Yeah. And like you literally like can't even leave the table until you've finished everything. Mm. Like no matter like if you're late to something, everyone will always be like, You need to finish your food, you need to finish your food, you need to finish the food. Yeah. Like in Ghana at least. Yeah. And then here it's like funny coming here because there's so many of like my like white Australian friends who were just like leave food on their plate and be like i finished mm. but I'm like sweetie the meals are finished like you need to finish the food <laughs> and people get annoyed at me because they're like no i'm full i'm full but it's like but do you find that, that hard to balance that the different cultures yeah in terms of like in that that would be kind of like a conflict right mm. where you're kind of uh, is transposing the right word yeah, like your so. that culture is like imposing on this culture yeah. do you find that hard to let go or do you find yourself reinforcing it even more i think like in a way i try and like reinforce it like mm. particularly just the food thing because right. i think it's something that people here just like don't know okay. about it like don't take enough time to think about like food scarcity yeah um well like in like developing countries yes. but then also like food abundance here mm. but then like food wastage mm. because there's so much food people will waste it because they know that they can get more right kind of thing whereas like if you don't have enough food then like you want to appreciate all of it yeah because you don't know if you can get the same amount or yeah. like you don't know when you can get the same like i don't know like food again yeah. like in ghana particularly so like i just always like carry that and like try and like finish everything like yeah minimal waste as possible with food and like i think it's nice having it transpose in a way because then like it makes people like think outside of their bubble at mm. least and be like hmm, maybe i shouldn't waste food maybe i should finish everything on my plate yeah. even if it is just a few grains of rice it's more so it's not like just like finishing the food it's like the symbolic thing of like actually I don't know, appreciating, like, the food that you've got. Yeah, yeah. Not just, like, the food itself. Like, yeah. honestly, like, a lot of the time it's not uh, just about, like, feeling full. Mm. I just want people to appreciate the food that they have. Like, that's why. Yeah. You know? That's so, awesome. yeah. <laughs> that's important. Mm, Definitely is. something I'm trying to do it's and hard. be more mindful of. Yeah. But it is hard. Mm. Yeah. It's more so just, like, an eating out thing, mm. though. Like, if people, like, order food and then, like, not finish it. But, yeah, pet peeves, though, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, literally. <laughs> what, do you feel like there's some particular things from, like, maybe, like, PNG culture or, like, American culture that you, like, um, transpose into, like, Australian culture? Ooh. I'm not sure because I feel like my experience here is very different to how, like, in the sense of, I don't really have my family here. Yeah. And I'm out of... Oh, I, I, nothing I can particularly think of or that I can clearly say, like, that is what I do because of this. Mm. Like, I would, I would honestly say maybe just... But I think this is something that a lot of people can do or, or appreciate as well, but just being, like, open-minded and appreciating other people's perspectives and yeah. lifestyles and cultures yeah. and... Just having an open mind, I think, is really something that I've gotten from my experience of being a TCK. But then again, that's something that anyone can have, right? But I think for me specifically, that's always something that I pointed to as being because of my upbringing. Yeah. True. Okay. No, I definitely see that. Like, that open mind is really important Um, and can be hard. Like, if you haven't 
been challenged mm. because so much of having like an open mind is being able to challenge like your existing boundaries For so sure. if like those boundaries are always like um defined and like you know where they are yeah. then like you don't need to expand them no you know so it's good like having that like experience of being able to like um challenge yourself and like accept new perspectives and stuff for sure i think sometimes people get like comfortable Mm, or it's just they get comfortable in like the familiarity of it all yeah so much australian complacency yes that was another go check out that episode check it out check it out check it out (laughs) (laughs) it's like your second episode or yeah i think it was like the second or third one maybe it was fun it was fun to do go check it out check it out for sure it was super super cool um, yeah, I mean, what as well do you think that are some, like, weird questions that you get asked being, like, a third culture kid? Ooh, I mean, I kind of mentioned this before, but definitely the question about my accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, the accent. Um, I went to a ball last year. Yeah. <laughs> and it was literally the night that they were going to count the votes for the, like, the presidential election. Mm. And every new person I met asked me the first question was hey hi how are you what's your name blah 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 Mm. and then they'd notice my accent and they'd go oh where are you from and then i'd say oh i grew i'm from png but i grew up in the states literally the second question i kid you not was who did you vote for oh my god and i had to explain that i'm not an american citizen yeah i i can't vote but like if i if i could vote i wouldn't i obviously would not have voted for trump i would have voted for biden (laughs) and then but everyone asked that yeah it's weird but of course it made sense because that was what was going on Mm. and that was like the biggest thing in the entire world at the time at the time but always like a question about where i'm from Mm. which isn't a weird question Mm -hmm. but it's it's always funny like watching someone's face change once they hear me start to speak yeah right because you can you can see like the gears turning their head they're like that is not an australian accent Mm. where is that from like what is that yeah and then they're like oh where are you from and then go into the whole spiel oh god (laughs) yeah that's funny that you mentioned um people like asking you about the election Mm. because i think Australians just expect every American to, like, be clued in to, like, the election. Like, even if they can't, even if they're not American citizens, like, you Mm. are. Like, but they just expect everyone to, like, always, like, every American, I guess, that they maybe run into, like, be so, like, politically charged and, like, um, politically, like, motivated, I guess. Mm. And, like, always have an opinion on everything. And, like, to be fair, like, there's, like, a lot of people have opinions on everything, but, like, not... Every single, like, American is like that. Yeah. And you only really get that by talking to people. And that was the most interesting Mm. part I found was the people who were asking me that had very specific or strong opinions about the American election. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I I don't have any more opinions insofar as I would not vote for Trump. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, I I didn't expect someone to have such a strong opinion, like, Mm. an Australian to have such a strong opinion opinion about american politics yeah which of course might be a naive thing to say because that was the whole that like everyone had an opinion at that time yes but it, it's always so confronting to be met by that kind of reaction yeah and then someone expecting you to go into the conversation about it and i'm like oh i don't really want to talk about it yeah because that's not it's, it's like so it's, irrelevant 
like relevant but irrelevant at yes. the time like we were at a ball i was like i don't really want to sure. talk about this drunk, <laughs> like sis come on <laughs> I was just like, okay, yeah, next question. Yeah, like you're not an authority on American politics just because you have an American accent. Mm. It's like so weird. That yeah, mm. maybe that's like. Do you find that people ask you weird questions sometimes? I feel like people personally ask me just like weird questions about Ghana, or they okay. well, like for me, they think that like I know a lot about other African countries. Okay, like for example, people will be like, oh, what's it like? you know, like, in South Africa? Or, like, what's it like, like, in, like, I don't know, like, Madagascar or, like, Egypt? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've never <laughs> been to those places. Yeah. And they just expect me to know, like, about the whole continent mm. because they just, like, homogenize it and think that, like, everyone from Africa, like, knows the same shit about every av- every other African country. Right. And so I know stuff about Ghana, like, a little bit, but, like, yeah. I don't know what's happening in, like, Mozambique yeah or, like you know there's just so many places yeah it's hard so I feel like that's a weird question that people ask and maybe other weird questions like did you live in a hut like mm. you know do all African men have big dicks like oh my gosh. <laughs> like is it true what they say about African men in bed oh my gosh. and things like that it's like it's really weird like the fetishization mm. if that's like pronounced correctly of like yeah. African people in general because it's of like color yeah in like seen as like so exotic yeah and like you want to have it it's like you know ah, it's so weird like so tokenistic yeah um and it's almost like it's less about them like actually caring about you as a person it's just like voyeuristic like they just want to watch you mm. and like observe you mm. kind of thing but not like actually get to know you yeah that's weird it's so weird. Yeah. And I guess, like, a lot of those questions, they don't actually want to know anything more. They just want their, like, stereotype yeah. confirmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Uh, do you find that infuriating? Or? Like a little bit, but it's also funny. <laughs> you just <laughs> laugh at it now. You don't yeah. get annoyed at yeah, it. Yeah, I just laugh at it. Because it's like, surely you're not actually asking me this, like, being serious. <laughs> How did you, like, in terms of accents, right? So people obviously notice when I speak mm. that I have a different accent. But yeah. how do you think people notice that you have an Australian accent too? It's funny because people actually think a lot of the time that I have a British accent. Oh, yeah. actually, yeah. Pe- you have mentioned this before, yeah, I feel people like. People will be like, oh, you sound so British. Like, where are you from in the UK? How long did you live there? <laughs> you know, like, what's your favorite place in the UK? da 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 I'm like, I haven't even been to the UK. I don't know. <laughs> I think like subconsciously and I was talking to my friend Chloe about this the other day mm. that um like being from like a different place you like when I was younger I kind of subconsciously like changed the way that I would talk to sound more palatable to people okay because I didn't think that like the way that I was speaking like people didn't take me seriously oh. in a way so I feel like so much of like the way that I speak now is like people like it's for people to take me seriously. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah, because, like, people already, like, didn't take me seriously, like, being, like, African in Australia, let alone, yeah. like, speaking with an African accent. Because um, I think so many people, like, will tend to, like, make fun or, like, poke fun at people with, like, different accents who don't speak English. But all they're doing is just, like, taking their language like the rules of their language and applying it to yours Mm. and like they're just trying their best kind of thing Mm. but i didn't want to always feel that like i had to try my best you know yeah i just wanted to like 
um, be on a level playing field. And yeah. I feel like that's why I changed my accent, like, a little bit. But, right. yeah, I think a lot of, like, some words I say kind of, like, are a little bit British, I think. Okay. But I feel like, for the most part, now I'm trying to incorporate, like, more, like, of an Australian, like, um, twang and, like, right. things that I say. Just to, like, keep that, like, local identity yeah. culture whatever <laughs> yeah it's so weird yeah. for me because i notice when i get nervous or i speak to new people my accent comes off much stronger really yeah it's like a defense it's almost like a defense right? mechanism or just like because i'm meeting someone new or i'm just anxious or nervous yeah, it'll just come out 10 times stronger mm. which is so weird how i just do that subconsciously where do you feel like that came from was it like know. has it always been a thing or i May I, I only noticed it recently because my best friend pointed it out to me and I was like, yeah, mm. I think I do do that. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know why. I think maybe it's like just that nervousness. Yeah, of course. And that apprehension that it just makes me like just come up. off stronger than I am. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I need to tone it down. It's mm. just a bit, it's a bit much. But yeah, I've noticed I do that with my accent. Yeah, wow. All the time. True. But it's so funny because when I went to America and I visited my, this was like 2018, mm-hmm. um, Everyone thought I had an Australian accent. Oh. And then here, it's like very American. I'm like, I have never thought I had an Australian accent. Like, I, I honestly can't. If you ask me to, like, imitate an Australian accent, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah, right. I guess just, like, the vowels. And yeah. there's so many, like, even small things. Like, if there's an R in a word, mm. um, Americans will, like, always have to pronounce the R. I feel yeah. like in the word, like, Melbourne, like, there's an R in Melbourne, but Americans will tend to say Melbourne, like, yeah, and say yeah. the R, Yeah. whereas Australians will just, like, not say the R at yeah. all, and just, like, it's more so, like, an R sound, like, just opening your mouth, rather than, like, an R, you know? Yeah, that makes it's sense. weird things like that. Yeah, I I've, yeah, that's a really good yeah. <laughs> thing to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, accents yeah. are weird. They are very strange. Like, do you notice people point out specific words that you say? Um, I think, um, uh, specific words, probably, like, I'm gonna, I'll have a think about this one. Okay. Yeah, I'll go back to you in, like, 40 seconds. Okay. Because <laughs> I notice, like, when my, I only notice this when my Australian friends say specific words, and I think it sounds so cool. Like, the other day, my friend said, thoughts, T-H-O-U-G-H-T. S, yeah, that's yeah. right, right? And the way she said it was so cool. Like, it was so beautiful and sounded yeah. so much better than how I say it. Interesting. But, like, when I point things out like that, I really notice the difference. Because yeah. she said it like thoughts. Oh. And I was like, that is so beautiful. And I made a whole point of it. And, and I was like, I say it like thoughts. You say it like thoughts. Like, that's so yeah. pretty. Oh, cool. I like that. Okay. But that was something, like, I notice it, the difference more when I pick up on people saying things differently. Mm. Because to me, I don't think I'm saying things differently. Yeah, of course. But I do realize, I know I know that I am. But it, you know when you hear it differently by someone else? By someone else, and yeah, you don't. You're like, you have to kind of reevaluate. Like, yeah, how you're, you're like, how do I say it? it? And then I'm like, oh, it sounds so much nicer when you say it. Like, yeah. I think for me, maybe words that I tend to say a bit differently. Um, like how I'll like elongate the E in like my yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like um, something else. Uh, I'll just 
like trail words off like oh of course oh okay. yeah like yeah. that s sound at the yeah. end of like certain words are like emphasize it a little bit more yeah. i don't know why i do that but like maybe this could be a linguistics podcast maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah no, it's cool. funny like analyzing it just like daily speech and, like, yeah because you don't realize why? it yeah until you think about it super super random very random sorry it's one on a tangent yeah about, <laughs> about, about accents speech. yeah uh, no nah, speech yeah. is like so funny it is um yeah i guess maybe a different like segue from like speech obviously you would like um identify with like certain parts of your speech less so than others and more so than others because you'd be like oh this is like me this is how i sound Mm. but do you feel as though there's also like certain cultures that you identify with more so like do you identify more with like american culture or like australian culture Mm. or like png culture okay that's a really interesting question because it's something i've noticed has changed since i've lived in Australia. So when I first moved here, whenever someone would ask me where I was from, I would always say, oh, I'm from America, mm. but I was born in PNG. Yeah. The, f- the longer I've lived away and the more that I've visited PNG, and I, because I go back for like most holidays, I've noticed that I, I kind of changed the way that I answer that. So I'm like, oh, I was born in PNG, but I spent a majority of my life in America. Yeah. And then now I live in Australia. So it's like a it's a it's a weird thing because I still feel very American, like in the sense that that's influenced a lot of who I am, yeah, of course. and of course the way that I speak. But I I feel like my identity or my um, what's that word? When it's like my connection to PNG has definitely gotten a lot stronger since mm. I've lived in Australia, and then the longer that I've lived here, like I feel very comfortable in Australia. So yeah. I think. Like, it's, it's weird how that shift kind of happens. Like, so I guess, in a way, maybe I... D- I feel like I identify with PNG in America the most. Yeah. Only because there are certain Australian things. Or just, I haven't... I don't feel like I've picked up a lot of Australian things. Like, yeah. I don't really feel like I have an Australian identity, yeah. per se. But... Like, I identify with it because it is my, it has been my home for the past five years. Yeah, of course. But, like, I wouldn't, I think I definitely still feel very American, but also more PNG mm. the longer I've lived away from it and the more I've visited PNG itself. Mm. And do you think that's, like, more so a question of, like, familiarity? Like, do you feel more, like, like does PNG feel more familiar now that I you've lived here than America, even though you grew up in America? I think it does. Yeah. I think it's because I visit it so much more now, and mm. like because my parents still live there, and I think because I'm more aware of my TCK status and kind of more aware of who I am as a person, mm. and kind of wanting to find out more about my identity in that respect. Yeah. I think I I'm starting to feel more familiar and identify with it more yes okay if that makes sense that makes perfect sense yeah so it's like it's a weird shift Mm. in my identity and what i identify with are there particular like things from like papua new guinean culture that you identify with more than others i think maybe the sense of family Mm -hmm. and like collectiveness is a really big thing that i identify with and i definitely get that from my png side because like, I'm sure it's the kind of sa- the same in Ghana. Like, mm, it's a very yeah. collectivistic society. Yes, definitely. Family is, like, the biggest thing. And, like, just your people in your group and yeah. your tribe is 
the most important thing. Like, I think I definitely get that from my PNG heritage, my connections. And I think I notice that a lot with, like, my friends in terms of, like, if you're my friend, I will take care of you. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel very protective around friends. And mainly because, like, my circle is quite... I'm very selective about who I let into my circle. So, like, if you're in my circle, I will protect you and be loyal to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that I get from being from a collectivistic society. Yeah. That is so interesting. Yeah, that point about, like, collectivism is super very, like, um, yeah, relevant, I guess, and relatable, Mm. um, particularly with Ghanaian culture. Because I think there's, like, an old... I don't know if it's, like, particularly Ghanaian. Maybe it's just, like, a general, like, African saying. Mm. But it's, like, it takes a whole village to raise a child kind of thing. So it's always, like, ingrained in you that, like, you know, like, your cousins aren't just your cousins. They're, like, also your brothers and sisters. Yeah. And you're, like... um, like uncles and aunties aren't just like your uncles and aunties but they're also like your mom and dad that is the same kind of thing yeah so it's like very you just feel like very one but in australia it's also like individualistic and same in america you don't even know like your neighbors and Mm. stuff like that and i found that hard like coming here because you just always go down the road and like hang out with your like neighbors and like you know everyone in your street like 10 like houses down you know everyone yeah but here like you don't even like you barely know like left and right let alone like who's behind you like who's in front of you Mm. like housewise i guess Mm. um so that can be hard like coming from that collective culture Mm. and not being able to like locate yourself with like individualism yeah because you tend to feel a bit lost and for sure but do you find that with your friends that you kind of um have more of collectivistic traits in that in terms of like your friendships and how you treat friendships yeah i think like in a way because of that like individualist culture Mm. that i've like had to um like live in Mm. um i think i've taken it upon myself to always like um make the most effort with friendships yeah and like like someone who's a friend isn't just like a friend I always feel as though like they're an inherent like part of me Mm. because you say you get so much from other people yeah and like the way you talk and like the way you dress like what your interests are and stuff like that so I think like in that kind of individual way I want to make sure that like I keep in contact with all the people in my circle Mm. but like I'm have always like jumped between friendship groups i haven't really felt like i've had a specific group of friends and i'm just like okay this is my group of friends this is it it's always been like oh there's like you know this group of friends that like i go out partying with sometimes and then there's also like this group of friends who i like do creative stuff with but Mm. then there's like this group of friends who i like like talking about cooking with yeah you know so it's like a big group of like friends from yeah. like different places, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's normal though. Yeah. I definitely right. have that. Mm. And I think that's just human nature. Yeah. Of You're course. not gonna have interest with everyone. Mm. So it's not like a bad thing to have lots of friend groups. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and it would get boring seeing the same people. It would get for, like, so everything, boring. Right? Like... So, so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me, maybe going back to the original question as well, mm. like what identif- what culture you identify with mm. the most, I would probably have to say at the moment it f- 
feels like Australian culture that I identify yeah. with more so just because like most people I surround myself with are Australian yeah. but I'm like trying to like keep that connection with Ghana I guess and like yeah. trying to learn the language and like cooking more of the food and it's hard because it's so far away yeah. and like so far removed from Ghana yeah. but it's nice like meeting other Ghanaians and then being like hey like I see you okay <laughs> we can talk about this um, and it's cool just like having that like experience to meet other like Ghanaians and like like-minded individuals um, yeah. but I definitely would say like more connected with Australian culture and mm. I don't know if that's like Australian indigenous culture more okay. so than like like Caucasian mm. Australian culture um, but I think at the moment it's yeah just because I think like growing up here yeah. um, always like being surrounded by other Australians and there are definitely some things that I don't like about Australian culture but mm. there are some things I do like about it just like that drive mm. I guess um, even though it is laid back like people know like their time to chill but also like their time to go and do shit yeah whereas I feel like in Ghana people can just be so lax about everything mm. and just like so laid back that it's like you're just sleeping at that point yeah. like, <laughs> and it can be annoying because it's like I want to go and do shit but then sometimes like you don't have that same drive like when you're in Ghana because everyone's like oh yeah you know we'll get to it it's yeah. fine Island time. I know, right? It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, African time. Ah, uh, time zones. I will literally have to, like, when I couldn't drive, tell my brother to, like, go to the place an hour early. <gasps> if I was supposed to be there at 6, I'd be like, okay, we need to leave, like, 4.30. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that I would get there on time. You would get there at 6, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was like, yeah, it starts at 6, you'll leave at 6. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's but terrible. it's fine now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally do you feel um maybe like completely separate point as well but with like fusing things mm. do you think that like it's good to have like things fused like by certain cultures so like um having like your png culture but then also like american culture but then like australian culture do you feel like that's a positive thing in the same way that, like, people will fuse certain, like, cuisines, like, Japanese and, like, Mexican food or whatever. People might say, like, oh, that's shit. Like, you shouldn't mix the two. Like, you know, mm. that wouldn't, like, nothing good would come out of that. But then, like, some good things come out of it if you do it right, mm. you know. Do you feel as though, like, having all those three cultures, like, mixed together has been, like, positive for you or it's been a negative experience? No, I think it's definitely been a positive experience. Yeah. And... Like, as I said before, it's made me who I am. Mm. And at times that can be a bit of a challenge in terms of identifying who I am and where I'm from mm. and just kind of all the all the things that come with that. But ultimately, I think it's been the best experience. And maybe that's a bit... Maybe I shouldn't say that's the best experience because that's the only experience I've ever had. Yeah. Like, I've never known anything different. Mm. But... Like, that's made me who I am, and I love the experiences that I've had, and I would never change it for anything. Yeah, of course. Like, like while te- being a TCK can be hard, it mm. it also is really awesome. And just, like, and I think that it's something that I think is going to become more normal. Oh, definitely. Because of, like, how globalized our world is yeah. and how common it is for, you know, interracial marriages yeah, and people true. living in different places and moving around for work and kids just living in all sorts of different places. Mm. I think it's just going to kind of become the norm. 
like maybe one day when you meet someone who's lived in one place their whole life like that'll be weird and yeah, not you know true. what i mean like, yeah i think it's getting to that point like people are becoming very nomadic mm, with like all this like people want to move yeah and it's interesting as well because people almost feel entitled to travel mm. and to like move around like having like these border closures people are like when can i travel again when can i go yeah. to this place and it's so funny to think that like not less than like maybe 30 years ago people were very happy just like staying in the same place their whole life people could never imagine moving yeah. to like another state literally now everyone just wants to travel everywhere yeah, it's crazy yeah mm. um i really like this question that you put yeah how do you feel about the label tck is it inclusive or exclusive mm. i think, think? that it is like inclusive for like tck people yeah but i think it's like exclusive obviously for anyone who isn't yeah um and labels are always like a question of like in groups and out groups mm. and like you know is the other people in the group like having a better time than the people out of the group mm. and the people out of the group maybe want to be part of the group mm. but they'll never know what yeah. it's fully like yeah and i feel like the label is like it's helpful because you yeah. can like create a sense of community and yeah. belonging Definitely. and stuff like that but in a way it is exclusive because whenever you're like making a um barrier around something you're like blocking stuff out as well so like whenever you include someone in something you're always excluding mm, other people out of that sure. like inherently so i think like it's good and it's really yeah. helpful but like i wouldn't ever want people to feel as though like they can't include themselves in this discussion as well because mm. it shouldn't have to be a question of like oh well like you know i don't really get you guys experiences like i just won't be able to understand it yeah or, like i like, there's no point in me being at the table or whatever, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think it kind of goes back to that idea of being open-minded. Mm. Like, it goes both ways, right? Like, being able to understand everyone's experiences as a TCK or not. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to say. But I think what I like about having the TCK concept is, yes, the inclus- inclusivity of it. Yeah. But also, I think, for, for people who don't particularly have feel like they have an identity or one thing they can kind of say like oh yeah that's me yeah that it does give you that Mm. like i can now kind of put everything that i feel and my life experience in one kind of term one catch-all term one catch-all term that and i think that in a way kind of gives me some sort of like solace Mm. or just peace like knowing that that is a thing and that I'm not the only one who feels like that and like there is an explanation for it and I think that's what I really like about it but I think you're right like with all labels you'll always have people who quote-unquote can't be in it Mm. but I think so long as you're willing to have that conversation and just learn about people's experiences on both ends yeah that's what's the most important thing definitely and will make people not feel excluded yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's, it's really tricky because like yeah someone's always going to feel excluded mm. and someone's always going to feel included but then it's funny because the people like that are quote-unquote like included mm. can sometimes feel excluded of their own <laughs> inclusion yeah because there'll always be people like trying to create hierarchies and mm. be better be better than other people like, yeah. at whatever it is so even though like you have this community people will always be like well no my experience is this 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 yeah. this and this and i'm better than you because of that and sometimes people don't want to be included yeah the true like sometimes true. they want to be on their own mm. which is fine too exactly but i think for maybe a majority of people it is nice to have a phrase yep. for something that you feel. Yeah, definitely. 
kind of experience. I mean, I love labels. It's very human to want to categorize things. I think it is. People want to like box things in so they can understand it. For sure. Like when I read this label and like read about it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is me. Like finally putting something to what I feel is just like, Mm. oh, feels good. Where did you find out about it? I think someone mentioned it once. Um, I must have been reading someone's Insta stories and they were TCK Hmm. and she put this word up and I was like, what is that? And I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah. And I was like, yay. (laughs) 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 Do you feel so with like being a TCK um, that you kind of have to work like twice as hard to get like half as far as some other people? Like you're constantly having to like assert yourself in certain social situations mm. um, that, like, maybe other, like, non-TCK people wouldn't have to. Like, they can just, yeah. like, blend in and it's, like, fine. I don't know. I think I see it more as, like, it makes me different mm. and it makes me, like, unique. And I think I like that. Like, I don't really see that as a detriment. Yeah. I see that more as, like, a conversation starter mm. or something that makes me stand out. Which sounds conceited, but no, but in the sense conceited. of like, I look at it more as a positive thing. Yeah, of course. Because it's cool. It like, is cool. It's yeah. Like I, I would never. I don't see that as a negative thing. Nor do I think that I have to work harder in social settings. Mm-hmm. And but I think as well, like I don't make that my full personality. Like yes, I, so I have true. other traits and attributes and characteristics that I bring to the table mm. and that I like to focus more on rather than being a TCK mm-hmm. but I think that my my TCK status has never hindered me yeah. or made me feel like insecure or like I can't make friends or speak to people because of this spe- particular experience that I've had mm. but do you think that hurts you in a way or I don't know if it hurts me so much as it's more so just like in the back of my mind sometimes mm. I feel as though sometimes like I do have to work harder in certain social settings Mm -hmm. just because there's already like that preconceived idea of me or like Mm. how I'm going to conduct myself or like how I'm going to act and I feel like I have to put my foot out before that person can like make an assumption or an impression of me Mm. to create that impression for them right um obviously you can't like control what other people think of you Mm. but I think like for me in those certain settings it's hard because people already have their own like ideas mm. of like your like culture slash cultures mm-hmm. um, with being like a TCK. So right. it can be hard for me in that sense because I do just want to like make sure I get that impression. Right. <laughs> and I guess them. sometimes you want to get that out of the way. Yeah, of course. Because it's always a point of discussion. Like it's inescapable. Yes. So, you know. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you kind of got everything. Yeah, I, like got, <laughs> I think we've got most stuff. Um, I reckon. Oh, I don't think we talked about this one. Are there any like um, TCKs that you like look to for inspiration that you find like inspiring as well? Oh, definitely my best friend because mm-hmm. she's also a TCK, and she like we talk, as I said we talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. and I think having someone who you can relate to and talk about these feelings with yeah, and just experience with is really awesome and definitely helpful and definitely makes you feel like you're not alone in it mm. or that you don't feel you're not the only one that feels this way or like 
that you're constantly going through an identity struggle or mm. knowing where you're from or what to say, blah, blah, blah. So I think, like, definitely my best friend would be the person that I look to the most in terms of being a TCK. Nice. Yeah. And I think because we've experienced so much of it together in terms yeah. of, like, we came to Australia at the same time. She's from, like, two different places and mm. lived in somewhere else. And then just, like, having someone who kind of, like, we're at kind of the same stage in life. Yeah. So that's helped. That's helped a lot. Because mm. you can, like, bounce off her, like, um, successes and failures mm. and, like, struggles as well. And, yeah, like, I don't know, kind of commune in this identity together. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just go through everything. For sure. Yeah. It definitely does help. Do you find you have people who you can relate to? Um. Well, like, on a more personal level, mm. probably, like, just my friend Martin. Like, mm. definitely, because he's also Ghanaian. So it's oh, nice, okay. like, having that, like, shared culture, I guess. And, like... um desire to want to discuss like yeah you know aspects of like australian culture that like can be a bit challenging sometimes but then also aspects of Ghanaian culture that are challenging mm. but rewarding at the same time mm. um but i think on a like not so personal level probably just like mm, like prominent like Ghanaians as well okay. yeah like um i don't know if you know like flex mommy on instagram oh, yeah. she's pretty cool yeah. yeah i like i don't know i think she'll just like her whole like entrepreneurial mm. energy and like spirit is very endearing mm. and I like almost try and um imitate that a little bit yeah. just because I feel like you know she if she's been able to become like so successful at what she's doing and she's also Ghanaian and she's also lived in Australia yeah and she's also like having a podcast and like doing brand deals and stuff and like why can't I also do that yeah for sure so yeah it's like nice to be able to like look to that person and be like oh true like she like, wouldn't have had exactly the same experiences I have, but, like, mm. would have gone through, like, similar, like, social yep. experiences and has now, like, you know, developed herself into such a way that she can, um, you know, be prominent in yeah. Australia, which is cool. For sure. Yeah. I think I also definitely look at a lot of international students, too. Like, yeah, a lot of my friends true. who are international, so might not be necessarily TCKs, but have come to Australia to study mm. and are from different countries and just i think having people who you can relate to in yeah. that respect and like going through the struggle together is a really powerful and comforting thing definitely yeah definitely that, that is definitely what i would say just in terms of people yeah and like you need those other people to lean on mm. as well in those times when you're just unsure of like what to do next or like you're unsure of like what your feeling is like validated for sure you know? yeah Definitely. Yeah. Devs. I think um, maybe something else we can discuss too would probably be like just the struggle and like success of being a TCK. Because I think like with anything, like if you don't have to struggle, then you don't like have to strive towards anything, I guess. Mm. Like struggle and success often go hand in hand i guess because yeah. you can't just like have success without struggling to get successful yeah and whatever like success is for you i don't know <laughs> what that is yeah different for everyone yeah but um i think yeah like there's certain things that you will like struggle for and like struggle with there's like being a tck mm. that will like make you successful like later on i feel like for me personally like having 
that struggle of like I think what I was saying before about like accents and like not being taken seriously mm. and like that struggle I wanted to like um be successful later and having people take me seriously mm. so now I like do all of this like creative stuff so that people will be like oh shit he's actually doing shit <laughs> <laughs> I don't know and like people will like kind of take me seriously from there mm. um and I guess like the accent was just a like a starting point yeah for that struggle and turning that into something successful yeah yeah do you feel like there's anything that you like struggled with as a TCK maybe like your accent or like your upbringing that has like made you successful at something or like good at something now i guess i think maybe something that i mean i've kind of experienced but i think i will will influence where i go as an adult and what i do is like just being okay with change and Mm, yeah you mentioned change yeah yeah. like just being open to change and like change is a really scary thing in any respect yeah of course like moving or changes in relationships or Mm. just environment anything like that and i think what i've really learned as a tck is that change is okay and i can overcome change in terms of like i moved here when i was 18 18 yeah like the first young young yeah like the first place that i've lived without my parents and like change is good because there are so many things that can come out of it Mm. like being independent and meeting people and just growing as a person so i think that is something that hopefully will help me become Mm. successful in what i want to do eventually as i get older and just in like work and life and everything so i think that's something and i think that's something that i think anyone struggles with Mm. but when you kind of realize that you can do it it's like okay yeah it's fine and do you think that like change has helped you feel more stable or it's helped you feel like more unstable i think it's made me feel more stable it's made me feel more confident in myself Mm -hmm. and like just more independent and just knowing that it's gonna be okay yeah literally it'll be fine yeah it's always fine like it's like the first part is always the worst like when when that transition time is happening Mm. but once you get past that and then you kind of like sit back and realize what you just done. You're like, oh, that's so fine, right? Like you get into the groove of things. Like humans are adaptable. Yes. But it's always just the change, the changing part. The changing part. Yeah. That's scary. Mm. And it's hard because so much of like I think maybe I said this before, but like what, um, like humans, like experiences or whatever. Everyone's so like future focused mm. and is always thinking about like, oh, what's happening like in the future? Like yeah. instead of like, what am I doing now? Yeah. So like when you do get to like that changing part, um, because you're always thinking like, oh yeah, it's going to change eventually. And I know yeah. it's going to change. But like when it actually does, it's like, oh shit, like <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, I don't know what to do. And then you just like get worried and like scared and stuff. Um, whereas if we were able to be more kind of like in the present, I guess, mm. with the change and just like accept the change yeah. and then let it happen. Yeah. And it'd be fine, I feel and like. Just, yeah, as, and just accepting the change as it comes, yeah. like dealing with it presently. Mm. You are right. As humans, we do look into the future too much, but you never actually deal with the present. Yeah. And then, yeah, you do, you miss out on a lot. And maybe change is easier to deal with if you deal, deal with it presently. Mm. Because you're all you're just kind of predictive thinking into what it's gonna be. 
but you're not actually like in, like in the current moment it might yeah. not actually be as bad as you you're thinking it's gonna be yes that makes yeah sense? yeah no definitely yeah like that inflation of the present moment mm. and because it can feel like a lot sometimes like trying to think of like okay so i've got to like think about my past and then also got to think about my future but then i'm also like in the present and i have to experience like all this stuff yeah so then which one do i choose and i think people just like tend to choose the future because it's easy because they don't know what's happening yet mm. so then they can like construct their own idea that's suitable to them of what it will look like yeah rather than having to deal with their present now yeah so which is yeah. the only thing you can you can control exactly exactly yeah we, yeah, we harp on so much about the past Mm. and the future but the present's all you can control but the present is all we can control <laughs> uh, so true so true i think what else uh yeah, yeah i was gonna mention before that like um i feel like so much of our time is just spent like setting reminders for ourselves yeah to do stuff like in the future like yes. i know that i spend so much time on my phone just like <laughs> i literally setting a set reminder. a reminder before this what i'm gonna do after yeah literally <laughs> It's like I'm trying to set less reminders and just do it in the moment. Yeah. But also, like, I just procrastinate in the comments. But I'm also a forgetful person. Yeah. So if I don't write it down, (laughs) but maybe just like writing it down once, reminding yourself once, Mm. and then leaving that be. Yeah, you could do that as well. But I always feel like I would forget about it though. I know. Mm. But then I know that, like, I always set the reminder and then do the thing before the reminder because I'm like the type of person I always want to feel like I have control over my, like, reminders or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's like you aren't gonna buzz my phone and tell me to do this i'm gonna do it before you that's good even, maybe that's a good thing yeah even though, like i set it for myself <laughs> but like maybe it makes you like really do something yeah because you you want to get it done before the reminder comes up yeah oh i always try to like, wake up before the alarm <laughs> oh my gosh okay this is just next level this yeah just... i don't know i try i like beating my phone <laughs> that's a thing <laughs> it's just a competition with you yeah. and your phone it's just <laughs> literally <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I think, I feel like we probably discussed everything. Normally, like, at this point, I just, like, discuss whatever, like, at the end yeah. of the podcast. So, it's pretty okay. fun. What yeah. have you been listening to? Um, Listening to, at the moment, like, podcast-wise, music-wise. No, music-wise. Music-wise, um, I've actually been listening to a lot of, like, Chopped and Screwed music. Ooh. It's music from, like, Houston, like, from Ooh. the 90s. Okay. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know what it is about it. I just love the way they talk. <laughs> Oh, and okay. a lot of them is have, it rap or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like rap, like underground, like what's rap. it called? Chopped and screwed music. Chopped and screwed. Yeah, so like I like it as well because um, so much like rap, I guess, is often dictated by like Eastern like coast rap or like West Coast rap, like mm. America specifically. Yeah, yeah. But then a lot of their songs, the things that they talk about is like oh, you know, like the third coast, like obviously being like Houston yeah. to like. I don't know, Florida? Is that Atlanta? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. So then it's, like, interesting that, like, they have this drive to, like, really document their struggle as, like, being separate from, like, the East Coast. It's not the West Coast, but it's, like, uniquely, like, Houston music. So that's, that's what I like about it so much as well. And just the fact that, like, they go through such, like, hectic shit all the time, but, like, they always manage to come out on top and, like, make like 20 albums oh in a year gosh. and they like make remixes of all their albums too wow so yeah it's very like they're very like perseverant i guess in like their struggle um in that's Houston. a very tck yeah it is <laughs> isn't it yeah pushing so just, through and persevering mm, so i've just been listening to that it's also funny because a lot of like 
hip hop artists from Houston now, like mm. Megan Thee Stallion, Solange, mm. Travis Scott. They will tend to like sample or like be influenced by Chopped and Screwed music. Okay. So it's interesting to like see how that plays into modern like people from Houston like their music style. Wow. I guess so. Yeah, that's what I'm listening to. I need to check yeah, that out. Yeah, I can send you the playlist. Yeah, send me the playlist. Yeah. What have you been listening to though? What have I been listening yeah. to? Oh my gosh, I have been listening to. A lot of rap. Yes. Yeah. I've okay. been listening to Jay Z's Blueprint album. Oh, okay. Some yeah. really good songs on there. Mm. Like, and I've listened to that before, but I've kind of rediscovered it lately. Is that like one of his first? Yeah, it's from albums? like two thousand one. Wow. And I haven't listened to much Jay Z. I only really listen to like four, four, four. Oh yes, yeah. four, four, four. Oh, mm. four, four, four is so I like good. That one. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. A lot of like still woozy. Yeah. Pretty Boy Aaron. Yeah. Snow Allegra. Nah, oh, Snow. And of course, my queen, Nina Simone. Yes, of course. Always. Of course, of queen. Nina Simone all the time. Have you watched her documentary? I haven't. You should watch her documentary. I, it's on my list her on Netflix to watch. Her life is so interesting. Yeah. She, like, lived in Liberia, and her, like, husband was, like, this abusive, like, guy but then also because she he was her husband like she felt obligated to stay in the relationship and she wanted to stay in the relationship because of her daughter not because of her husband as well wow okay and it was like yeah she was like trained as like a classical pianist as well it was like super interesting i've heard this like hectic story where she i don't know if she shot her neighbor's kid or she shot the window of her neighbor's house because the kid wouldn't be quiet and she like needed to write music or something i read that somewhere and i was like oh wow hello that's hectic she's very like passionate in yeah the it's interesting like learning about her life because i knew a bit about her like mm. just that like she was really good at piano and like was classically trained yeah but i didn't know all the stuff like about the struggle uh, and like struggle. her activism as well yeah and stuff so really cool yeah would recommend definitely yeah, yeah listen to nina simone if you're not mm. yeah already. if you're not already like what are you doing already, what the heck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are there any, like, podcasts as well you've been listening to? I listen to a lot of crime podcasts. Okay. Those are just my favorite. Yeah. My go-to. I've been listening to, like, Root of Evil, which mm-hmm. is a podcast that I've listened to before, but I've just been listening to it again. It's about the Black Dahlia murder and mm. this guy that they think did it and, like, just about his family and how very messed up it was. Yeah, okay. And then I listen to, like, a lot of conspiracy theory. <laughs> Not, not like, not, <laughs> not like, like the earth is flat. No, but more just like where those theories come from, okay. like examining the theories, not actually purporting to like support the theory, yeah, like not, okay. a, not support, <laughs> but just more like how those theories come about and yeah. like why they exist okay. and blah 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 blah. Cool. Yeah, I don't really listen to like, like, like lifestyle or mm. psych psychology kind of podcast. I'm no. more into that crime stuff. Yeah, for sure, crime super interesting. I just, yeah, I listen to, what podcast I've been listening to a lot recently, like, um, Pod Save America is a good one. Oh, okay. It's just, like, these four dudes that used, all used to work for Obama, and they just, like, discuss politics, like, week to week. Oh, wow. Um, and then they also have, like, a separate podcast, just, like, Pod Save the World, and then it's, like, it's one of the dudes from that one, but then it's, like, some other guy, and, like, they just discuss, like, world affairs. Oh, cool. Um, and then, what else have I been listening to, like? single-minded as well okay it's like by this chick called hannah first okay um and she's australian so is like her mum, who's on the podcast yeah and like the whole podcast is like is about like doing stuff alone okay. or like being comfortable with like doing stuff by herself oh. so she's like talks about like going to the movies alone yeah and like 
um, dining out yeah. alone. Yeah. She talks about like traveling alone as a woman as well. I love which being is super alone. interesting. Yeah. Um, so so it's like interesting hearing her perspectives as well and like her attitudes towards doing stuff alone. Mm. So that's a good one too. There you go. Yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> well, I think yeah, that's probably everything. Um, thanks so much for listening. If you got to this point, I appreciate you. <laughs> Love you, stand you, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks so much as well, Liz, for coming Thank on the podcast. Thank you for having podcast. me. That's okay. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you're not already, um, follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that's what you listen to. Helps get new listeners. Um, really appreciate it. Hopefully something nice, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then also you, you can also follow me on Instagram at bonafide.jpg. I post like film photos and then also stuff about my podcast. Get the zine. Yeah, and get the oh, zine. zine. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> the zine. Oh my God. Yeah, no, get the zine. I made a new one just about... Um, it's called Mianjin or Minjin. I don't know how to say it, but it's just about like me having lived in Brisbane for like the last three years or so and feelings towards Brisbane and how like Brisbane should define itself, not be defined by other places as like the main theme mm. of it. But yeah, it's pretty good. Just like some poems and photos that I've written. So it's beautiful. If you wanna get, yeah. If you want to <laughs> get it, DM me on Instagram and I'll print your copy. So Yay. yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>